Hallelujah. You know, uh, one thing that I really believe that we need to do is this, um, that a lot of times we have generation passes down to generation to pass down to generation, a disease or something. And so there's like a family line of, of you know, uh, expectation that this is what's going to come on my body. Whether it's heart disease, genetic diseases, heart disease, or just uh, uh, whatever it may be, if it's cancer or if it's leukemia or if it's uh, diabetes or whatever it may be, we need to come into this place and being firm in our spirit and in our hearts that, you know what, we're bought with the blood of Jesus. And from, from this point forward, downward down my line, there will be no longer any more disease or anything passed down in my, in my family lineage. Amen? Why? Because the blood of Jesus completely cleanses, completely wipes away, completely sets straight. Amen? What needs to be set straight? So if there's been things in the past in family, with family members, mothers, fathers, grandparents, or whatever, and you, are, and you have in your head that, you know what, this is something that, that I'm bound to get or I'm going to get because it's in my family. You know what? No more. Amen? There, there might be a genetic predisposition. Your, your, you know, your, your, G, your DNA says that this is what's going to happen because it passed down from this and this. Well, guess what? We're not in that natural family. When you're born again, you are bought of the blood of Jesus Christ. You're in a new bloodline. Amen. So the bloodline that came from the natural side doesn't apply to you anymore. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ has changed all of that. We were adopted into his family. We have the, his blood. You're now in his bloodline. Do you understand that? Do you get that? I know our natural mind goes, uh, how's that possible? Because this is physical and you're talking about spiritual things. Well, God said it's true. You are now in the body of Christ. You are in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. You've been adopted in. And if you know anything about adoption, that child who's adopted in has more power and more rights than even the birth child. And it can never be taken. A child can be stripped. A birth child can be stripped of their um, inheritance. Thank you. What's coming to them? But an adoptive child, by law, can never have it taken. Ever. Ever. So we're adopted in. Amen. And the bloodline of Jesus Christ runs through our veins and our body. Yes, it's an earthly suit, but it's the temple of God. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus did not go through everything he went through so that we could still have sickness and disease. Amen. Or that we could think in our mind that, yeah, I'll just, I'll get what grandma had. No. No, start speaking over yourself now the word of God that says who you are, that says that sickness and disease has no power over you, that when it comes, you can, you can resist the enemy. You can curse that sickness and it has to go. Amen. And life and resurrection power is ours in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Look, I look at ministers who are and others in the, in the body of Christ who might be 80, 90 years old. And when you look at them, they're so full of life and vitality. Yes, they are. And some of them will tell you they don't take prescription drugs, but they have 
They don't have health problems either. And those are the ones who will, you'll also hear from their mouth the way that they speak the word of God every day over themselves and over their bodies. The word of God works. He did not lie to us in any single little jot or tittle when it was all written down. There is no lie. If he says that he gave us his resurrection power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, if he said it lives in us, then it does. Amen. And sometimes we have to tell our body to stop doing what it's doing because it's not obeying the word of God. Amen. And this is not weird. If you read your Bible, you'll see that what I'm saying is true. Speak the word of God over yourself. God has so many promises for us in the word of God. A lot of times we don't walk in them because we don't understand them or we just don't know that they're there. Amen. But the word of God is powerful against everything that could come against your physical body or your mental capacity. And and God has the answer. Amen. Amen. So don't be stuck where you're at or think this is just my lot in life. Uh Uh-uh. Whose life are you living? Are you living in Christ or are you living in the old man? Because my Bible said you're a new creation in Christ and the old things have passed away and all things have become new for you. Amen. Amen. So live your new life in Christ in healing, in wholeness, in soundness. Amen. Amen. With energy and strength and vigor and passion because he's a good God and he will give us the things that he says he'll give us in his word. If we will put it out there and we will speak his word and be determined not to give up. Amen. 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 You know, that, that's so, I'll just switch. That's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, what's, what's really cool, what, just what Elena had just shared about the fact that um, adopted children have more rights, it seems, as though the, the biological. But I just want to ask you this. As, as sons and daughters of, of our Father in heaven, Amen. We've been inherited. We've given, been given an inheritance. Amen. And not only have we been given an inheritance, we've been given benefits as sons and daughters of Jesus, as, as of the Father in heaven. Amen. Brothers, this Jesus Christ. Amen. But this is what I want to say. Whose report will we believe? Will we report, believe the report of what the world has to say about, uh, uh, you know, the genetics and the things in our family lineage? Are we going to believe the reports that says diabetes is, you know, in, in my you know, grandmother, my grandfather or whomever, and it's going to pass down or heart conditions or whatever it may be? Are we going to believe those reports or are we going to believe the report of the Lord? Are we going to believe what God's word says about who we are and about the benefits that we actually have? The fact that we are whole, the fact that we are healed, the fact that we are completely delivered, set free. Amen. Are we going to believe that report? If that's the report that we're going to believe, we need to take hold, take fast, hold fast to that, that word, hold fast to what the word of God says, take hold of it. Don't let go. What does the word of God say who you are? He says you're healed. He says you're delivered. He says you're free. Amen. We need to take hold of that. Take hold of it and not just, just allow it to be something that's so cool and, you know, mentally it's, 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 it's just there in our head. But take hold of it and allow, allow that to become part of your heart. 
become part of who you are. That's why we see with the Jewish people, they have all the different ways of reminding themselves of God's word. And we need to begin to do these things. Get the promises of God before us. Get the promises of God in front of us so that we remember, we recall, and we're constantly being reminded of what his word says of who we are. Amen? Taking the post-it notes, taking the postcards, whatever it may be. If you if put them in the bathroom, put them on the, the, the refrigerator, put them in the places where you know you're going to be. And I know me, I'm going to be at that refrigerator. I'm going to be eating all the time, pulling stuff out. Of the fridge. I need something posted on that refrigerator. I'm going to begin to put more things on the refrigerator for myself. Because we need to remind ourselves of God's word and his promises. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. All the time. God is good. He is faithful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just stand. Let's just give a shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we glorify you. We give you glory and honor. Lord God, we thank you that you are faithful, that you are so good to us, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful, true to your word. And Lord, that you are not shifting. Lord God, that you are are the rock that we stand on. And Lord God, we thank you for your word that gives us the promises, gives us the, 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 the knowledge that we need to know who we are as believers, as sons and daughters. And we thank you, Lord God, that we can have, take hold of your word, that we can allow the word to permeate inside of us, that your word can take hold, can grip our hearts, grip every part of our being, that we can take hold of your word and be transformed from the inside out, Lord God, that we won't allow the word of God to slip through our hands, Lord, and just fall to the ground, but we'll take hold of the word and we'll allow it to take root in our hearts, Lord God, that we would allow the the word of God to bring life inside of us, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, Tim was talking about writing. Can you, because that one doesn't, yeah, sorry. Use it. That's okay. The word of God says that we're supposed to write, write the word. These things shall not depart from before your eyes, the Lord said. Write them on not just your heart, but in your home, in your places where you go. Uh, it, it, talk about them amongst yourselves and talk about them in the streets. Amen. What are these things? These things, all the promises that God gave to the children of Israel and to us. Amen. We are to be constantly reminding ourselves, our children, our neighbors, your coworkers, everywhere you go of the promises of God. And if you hear someone talking contrary to what, who God really is, remind them who he is. All right, if, if they're talking negative about themselves or, or, you know, oh, I'm just so sick. I just, you know, my mama had this and I'm going to, you know, probably be just like her. Tell them no. Say, hey, God has something better for you. Did you know what he did for you? Amen. Because every time we hear someone, you know, talking contrary to who God is and we don't do anything about it, you're just letting those negative seeds just stay out there. Amen. Don't let that happen. If you yourself are caught saying stuff, (laughs) take it back. Can I ask you this? So the words that are being spoken are like seed, right? The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. So the words that are are spoken, that we hear around us, 
What did God tell Adam and Eve to do in the garden? To tend to the garden. Amen? Now, I'm just throwing this out there. If that was the, the, the you, you can be seated. If that was the intention of God to give to Adam and Eve to, to, to take the garden and to, to care for it. That means to care for what's being sown in that garden. Care for the, the, the very, uh, the, the very uh, nature of the garden. Make sure that the, it's rich, that the weeds and anything that would try to grow in that garden are, are removed. That it's, it's got its per, the perfect situation for a good growth. Amen? I believe that we have a purpose, just like Adam and Eve, and that's to tend the garden. If there's words and seeds that are being spoken, I'm saying words, the seeds being planted, we need to uproot them. Just like what is, uh, Elena is just saying. Don't allow seeds to be uh, sown and have the ability to take root. When we're allowing other people's garden to get uh, fertilized with bad seed, we have a responsibility. Amen? We have a responsibility. And that's to help to get some life inside of their hearts. To know the good seed and the bad seed. Amen? We need to tend the garden. Tend the garden. Here the Spirit of God. It's our responsibility to allow people to hear the Word of God so that they know who God intended them to be. People need to hear about Jesus Christ. And we're allowing, I say we, the body of Christ needs to step up into to a greater level to, to allow the Word of God to come so alive inside of us that we're releasing the Word of God in other people's lives. Amen. So that people will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Amen? We need to step up to the plate and allow the life of God to come so full inside of us that it's overflowing. Amen. That we can't contain it. That it's like a fire burn. That's so on fire on the inside. It's like it's so unshakable. But that fire is so strong that people are catching it. But we need to step up to the plate and allow the word of God to come so alive. The Holy Spirit to come so alive on the inside of us. That it's not contained. You know, it's interesting. Jesus tells the story of the parable of the sower, the farmer. And notice that the farmer, we know that the seed represents represents the word of God. And notice that farmer is not keeping all the seed in his pockets. He's casting it out. Right? See, when we just hang on to the word for ourselves and we don't even speak it out of our own mouth, we're like, we're like a farmer carrying around just pockets full of seeds that are never going to grow into anything. 
But when Jesus tells that the story of the parable, the farmer's throwing out the seed. And we know from the story, or maybe you don't, but that's okay. Some of the seed falls in good places where the soil's nice and rich, and it, it's going to actually grow and produce something. And some of it falls in places that are just filled with rocks, and it's just going to get all, you know, there's, not, there's no place for it to go. There's other places where there are weeds, and it's going to get choked out. Amen? But sometimes... There are, you have to imagine from what, what we're talking about here, there's people out there that are like a farmer, but they're not throwing seeds of God's word on the ground. They're throwing negative, just almost like a packet of weeds. They're throwing weed seeds all over the place, just spouting it like crazy. Anybody know someone like that that you can relate to? Do you ever have a bad day and you just start spouting a bunch of weeds? Right? A bunch of junk out your own mouth. I've done it. I'll be honest. I've done it. It doesn't taste very good. It doesn't feel very good either. And then I have to go and repent. And then I have to start remembering what I'm supposed to say. Right? This is, this is, a, this is a human life that we all live. None of us are immune to the natural human flesh. Amen? But... When, when the world is spouting and just throwing out all kinds of weed seeds and we're, you know, we're throwing out a little bit of the word, but we're not doing anything about the other seeds, the, the weed seeds that are there. What's going to happen to the word that you just threw out? Well, in the parable of the sower, those weed seeds just destroy the word. They suck the life right out of it. So we need to be coming along. And first of all, not throwing any weed seeds ourselves, but we also need to come along when you're hearing your loved ones saying things that just aren't right. Negative things about themselves or about others or about, uh, you know, situations. Stop them kindly in love. But man, uproot those things and throw a whole lot of God's word in there. So those weeds don't have a chance. Amen. Because God does not want... We know from, this, from that parable, God doesn't want a whole field full of weeds. He wants the word of God to grow in our hearts. Amen? Amen. So I would ask you, what kind of seeds are you throwing? If you've thrown a lot of weed seeds, you might want to go pick them all up and like, or burn them or something. And start really, start putting out the word of God out of your mouth. The good word of God. The life-giving truth of who God is. You know, the, 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 what's in the past is in the past. Amen? But here's what's awesome about the power of God. That any of the seed that has been sown, that we've sown, that we've spoken, God can change the DNA of the very seed. He can change the very nature of the seed that's been put out. Why? Because his, his word supersedes any other seed. And what's been spoken, God can do away with. And God can cause his seed to grow where the seed that was bad was once planted. Amen? Begin to speak God's word. Begin to speak his promises. Amen? What's in the past is in the past. What we've done in the past is in the past. What we've said in the past is in the past. But from this point forward, God is, is requiring us to live a life that is, that is honorable to him. 
to speak words that are honorable to him. Amen. This is where we are. God's pointing his finger, putting his finger on our hearts. To live a life that's honorable to him. What was done in the past is done in the past. Amen. God's forgiven us of all of our sins. Now, he's, it's like we're, we're in the perfect place for God to be able to use his soldiers. Yes, I'm, I feel like I'm drawn in this direction. But for all of us, God has, has put his finger on our hearts. God's plan, his intention for all of us is now to live the life that is, that is honorable to him. not be afraid anymore to, to share our faith, to step out a little bit different than what we've been used to. Let's let our, not just our life, show what Christ should be like. Let's let, allow our words to, to speak the life of Christ and also to speak the word of God, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can say nice things and we can refrain from cursing and we can refrain from... But are we actually proclaiming Jesus Christ? We could be the nice person and speak the nice things and always be the nice person. But did Jesus say, be nice in all your life and, you know, that would be cool. That would be nice. He said, go proclaim the gospel. Go make disciples in all the nations. Go make disciples. We're living, we're living a life right now from this point forward, right? From this point forward, we're living a life that, sh- that should be uh, pleasant, should be peaceful, should be you know, God-fearing. But we need to go make disciples. How do we go make disciples? Our mouth has to be a voice has to be an, a, a, an open conduit to be able to speak the word of God and speak to people's hearts. People won't change unless they hear the word of God. People won't change and won't realize that they need a savior unless they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to hear that there's something better, something greater than what they're living after. And we need to step up to the plate. And we need to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I think that as we're proclaiming Jesus Christ and we're proclaiming the gospel, I believe the things that we uh, uh, have in our life that, need the, need, that we need help with, whether there has been sickness or whether we need changes in our financial situation, I believe that as we're proclaiming the gospel, those things will change. Why, the Word of God even says that it speaks like specifically concerning this. That if we seek first his kingdom, everything we have need of will be added to us. That means that as we're 
seeking first the kingdom, which we have to seek the Father's heart. We have to get on our knees in prayer. We have to worship Jesus in our own time, not just on Sundays, Wednesdays. But worship him. Pray to our Heavenly Father. Get in the Word of God. Seek him first and allow allow him to change our hearts and fill us so much. That it's like a, a, like a dam be, trying to hold back the, the rivers. And all of a sudden, we're so full that the dam can't hold back anymore. And the rivers begin to flow outside of our being. That life is springing up within us. And we begin to allow the kingdom of God to be spoken, to be shown, to, to proclaim in other people's lives. And as we're proclaiming and allowing that life to flow... All the things that we have need of will be added unto us. So if you have a need, I want to just throw this out there. That as you're praying and believing that your need is being met, begin to proclaim the gospel. Share your faith. Share Jesus Christ with somebody. I believe the things that you have need of will change. And the things that you have need of will be met. I believe that's a missing piece in the body today is people not sharing Jesus Christ. I just got a woohoo, wherever that may be. Somebody agreed. <laughs> you have a mic. You have a microphone. Sharing the gospel is simply speaking love, speaking life. Like we just said, life and, and death are in the power of the tongue. But we can use our tongue to speak life because we know and love. Because we know that God is love and he is life. Amen? Amen. And when you're speaking about Jesus, you're telling people who he is. We all know someone who's either hurting or in bad situations or in need of something. Tell them who can meet that need. You got to tell them. The word of God says that a person doesn't know unless someone goes and tells them. Do you want that down? They'll never know unless someone goes and tells them. Now, some people have been met with visitations and things like that where God showed up unexpectedly. But most of the time it comes through a believer you and I going and actually telling someone very simply, you know, if you, if you realize that someone is in some issues, some having some, some problems, don't ignore it. Go in love and tell them, tell them that God loves them. I know we've, we all come across people that they might be right on the, the border between a really good decision and a really bad one. Amen. I heard a story the other day um, of a girl um, who was, um, she was at the the grocery store with her kids and um, got up to the front and realized that uh, she had no money to pay for anything. And um, the kids are all crying. They they were all under about the age of five. They're all crying. And um, and what it looked like, to the person who tells the story is that this, these kids, they didn't have much, none of them did. And they probably had just come into some money finally, and they were about to, you know, eat 
like they hadn't done this like this in a while. Now, see, we take some of those things for granted. We just buy whatever we want most of the time. Or you go shopping and, you know, you know that you have the money to pay for it. Somehow she got up there and she didn't have the money that she needed for it. Um, and um, she began to cry. And the girl who tells the story says that, you know, she looked a mess, first of all. And who knows what stress she was under. And um, the woman who tells the story, she was just moved with compassion because she thought, oh, my gosh, how would I feel if I was, you know, have you ever been there? Yeah. You ever been in a store where there's kids, like, crying? Not just crying, but it's, like, annoyingly there, you know. Or they might, because they're tired, they're cranky, whatever, and you're like, would somebody please just make that kid be quiet? Well, this is her situation. She's got several children, three or four with her, and they're all upset. And the mom is trying to keep her composure, and now she, you know, she's got this cart full of groceries, and now she can't pay. And you know how people are behind her in line? <sighs> Oh my gosh, you know, I have to wait behind you and people get attitudes about it, right? I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. And you're kind of standing, you feel bad. What are you going to do? Well, girl in line behind her says, stay right here. Don't move. Is that okay? You know, the, the cashier, is that all right? Can she stay right here? Uh huh. She runs out to her car. She had to, um, check her account real fast. Make sure there was enough money in there. She runs back in, comes in, and the woman, you know, is ready to leave. And um, she says, I got it. I got it. Gives him the card, pays for it. Comes to like $300. So I don't know. I don't know what happened that the woman couldn't, you know, she thought she had it and something went wrong. I don't know if maybe her card didn't work or what was going on. But anyway, so she pays for it. And um, the woman is like, uh, I don't know what to say, you know. And she says, it's okay. She said, I, I've been where you've been, where you are. She said, I've been in that situation, and it's okay. She said, it's just, it's a gift. And the woman's like, no, 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 I have to, I got to pay you back. I got to pay. No, she says, it's just a gift. It's a gift. She says, take care of your babies and your kids. And the woman was so, she just filled up with tears and began to cry. And she can't believe this, the generosity. And the woman tells her, she takes her and she says, God loves you. He loves you. And the woman, of course, she, now she's really crying. And um, she tells her, she said, or she, she says, God loves you. She said, you're so special to him and it's going to be okay. He's going to take care of everything. It's going to be okay. And the woman tells her, she says, you have no idea what that means to me. She said, and the, she, the, you know, the woman who just shared the love of God, she's thinking, oh, yeah, I, I paid for your stuff, you know, okay. And, you know, and she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. She said, it's been so hard. I was going to go home and take my life. She said, I was going to go commit suicide. But one woman in line who says, I'll pay for the groceries. Hey, I can do that. She has no idea, no idea what this woman is facing. The things that are going on on the inside of her, the struggle, the pain, no idea. She just sees a mom as a mess and upset kids and, you know, doesn't have the money to pay for it. Now, if all of us were sensitive, when someone came across our path like that, instead of being the, oh, is there another line open? You know, you're looking, you're looking for another line. Oh, there's a shorter one. I'm going to go on that one. She didn't do that. And she knew, okay, if I have to run out to the car, this is more waiting. People in the back of the line, they're going to be even more upset. 
because they don't understand, right? But here, this woman's life was on the line. And who knows if she had plans. I don't know. We've heard horror stories. But who knows if she had plans to take the kids' lives too. You don't know. Thinking, you know, okay, now what are my babies going to do without me? You don't know. It's happened. People have been at that. their total wit's end. And they just don't know what else to do. And they think that taking the kids' lives is easier than letting them suffer without the parent. But that one simple act of kindness not only just turned her life around, but it saved her life. Amen? And that woman in that store will never, ever forget. Never. I mean, how could she? So I just, I mean, we don't know. And that was just something simple. Do you think that that woman whose life was saved, do you think her heart is open and ready to hear who God is and what God has for her? Yeah, she does. She's ready. Why? Because someone reached out with love, with kindness and said, I'm going to take a few minutes to care about you. Amen. And sometimes that's all it is. Instead of caring about what time it is and what we got to do and where we got to go. And you know, this thing and that thing, we care about an individual, a person. Amen. I've walked into places and asked someone, hi, how you doing? Thinking they're just going to say, oh, good. And instead they start crying. You're like, "Uh oh, (laughs) now what do you do? Do you walk away? No, you better not. No, keep talking. Oh my goodness. You don't look so good. You know, what's the matter? Have some compassion. Amen. Because compassion saved that woman's life. You know, um, something like that in a situation when that happens, a lot of times we get in a place where it's like awkward, you know, like it's just an awkward situation. But in reality, that's the opportunity. The door's being opened. The door's open. And that, that's when we need to step out of the comfort zone that we're so used to, that's the zone that God is wanting us to get into. That's the place that God is wanting us to step into. Now we can allow the life of God within us to flow. How do you do that? Just simply by asking, what's wrong? What's, what's the matter? Why are you crying? Open it up. Allow the, the, your words, the, the conversation to open up so that the, you can see clearly. Be wise with your words and see clearly where the person is at. There's, they're crying. There's a reason. Why are you crying? Ask questions. Allow responses to pin, pinpoint where they are. Or just be observant. I mean, really, if a person is like... You know, <laughs> there's probably something wrong, right? If they're limping, you know, there's a reason. Sometimes you just have to be observant. Just but the, saying. the point is that that's opportunity knocking. That's the door being open for God to walk through. Amen. Amen. You know, I believe this is that this is the, in these times in the, that we're living that we truly need to guard our hearts. Guard our hearts. Guard the treasure of God that's on the inside of us. 
we need to guard it with our life. Guard it with everything within us. As if that the, the treasure of God that's on the inside of us, that it's trying to be stolen, trying to be taken away, and that we have to guard it with such, uh, such fervency, such uh, just intensity, that we're not going to allow the enemy, we're not going to allow the devil to take the truths that are inside of us, take our, uh, the, the life of God from within us. But we need to stand firm against him. Stand firm against the wiles of the enemy, the wiles of the devil, and the things of this world. Stand firm against it. You know, the, the very girl that was in, the, in line trying to pay for her stuff that couldn't, if that girl that was behind, that had the ability to pay for the, the goods, for the food and all the, the stuff needed, if that girl wasn't sensitive or didn't have the, the, the wherewithal to, you know, trust God in the situation. If she allowed the enemy to steal the treasure within her, somebody's life would have been lost. We need to guard our hearts. Guard the treasure within our hearts. What's God put into your heart? What's got the purposes that God's put in your heart, the plans, the, the promises that he's spoken to you. Guard those things because they're treasure to you. They're treasure to your life. It's the very core of what makes you push on, what makes you drive on to believing in God, trusting God. Don't let the enemy steal those things. There's a treasure deep within all of us. And that's what the enemy's after. That's what the enemy is looking to t steal away from us. Because whatever gives us hope, whatever gives us that, that ounce of faith that we need to trust God, to believe in Him, that's what the enemy is after. That's what he's intending on stealing, on taking, destroying. Because if he can take any bit of hope that you have, any bit of trust or belief in God, then he's got you right where you want where he wants you to be. And that's simply in line, not knowing where you're going to end up, not knowing how you're going to pay for what you're going to pay for, struggling with all the emotions, struggling with the disappointments, struggling with, with everything, that all the burdens of the world that are on your shoulders and not knowing what to do except to end it. But if you, don't, if you guard the very hope, the very things that God has put in your heart, then you have a peace about you. There's some resolve. There's some kind of peace that you can hold on to when the times are tough. When the enemy is knocking at the door, you still have peace. You still have hope. You still have, there's some faith that you can hold on to in trusting God. Hold fast those treasures that are within your heart. Hold fast to the promises of God that are within you. Don't let the enemy steal. Don't let the enemy take those things away from you. You know, if we're not in the Word of God, the treasures of, that have been put in us, they will fade. They will slip away. The enemy will be able to take and, and pull those things out from within us. 
We need to maintain a life that is steady in the Word of God. A life that is, that is, is uh, worthy to the calling that God has placed on every single one of us. You know, Timothy, in the book of Timothy, it's, it specifically says to study yourself, to sh- show yourself approved, not unto who, not unto men, but unto who? God. A workman that's able. That's what we need to do. We need to be in the Word of God daily. Studying, not just reading, breezing through words, but allowing God to speak and to minister to our hearts, to allow this treasure box, this heart of ours, to be full of riches of His Word. What's going to allow us to get through life is that treasure that's in us, in in, in these earthen vessels. The treasure within us that allows us to have hope because the Word of God says that we will have hope if our faith, if our trust is in Him. Amen? Amen. But this treasure box that we have within us, the very core of our being, it, it will reflect on the treasures that are within, will reflect in our words and action. Has anybody ever been to the, um, the tomb of the unknown soldier? Okay, one of the wildest things is how they guard this, these tombs. They guard these tombs. There's no name attached to these soldiers that were buried. But yet they guard it with their life. They guard it with every intent to keep it sacred, to keep it, uh, to, to keep it honorable, to keep it worthy. Of the cause of what they fought for. And it's men that have been buried, soldiers that haven't been buried from World War One, from World War Two, from uh, the Vietnam War. But they have no name attached to their bodies. But the fact that they were serving in the, the army is, is so honorable that they laid their life down. But yet today, there is such a hard... Uh, uh, it's so hard to find soldiers that can actually serve to protect these unknown soldiers because you have to have such an honorable name, such an honorable uh, background in serving in this country to be able just to be a guard over these, over this, over these tombs. It's sacred. It's honorable. They're dead bodies that are in the ground, but yet we put so much value on the purpose that they live their life. What about the treasure of God that's within our hearts? How are we going to guard the treasure that's within us? That's so alive. That's powerful, more than powerful than anything on earth. But are we going to allow the enemy to take and just to steal and strip that away from us? Or are we going to guard it like our soldiers are doing today with the, un, with the tomb of the unknown soldiers? That whether there's a, a war going on, whether there's catastrophe, whether there's um, uh, uh, attacks um, from uh, enemies inside the 
the borders. Terrorism, no matter what the, the, attack, uh, the attack is on our country, and there could be terrorist attacks right there on the grounds, they will still guard those unknown soldiers and the tombs because of how honorable and, and the sacredness of, of, and the value of who these soldiers were and what they fought for. So we'll go through thick and thin just to protect tombs that are, have bodies inside of them that nobody has a name for. That's honorable. How more honorable is it to protect the Word of God within us? How much more precious is the, the, the Word of God in our hearts? That we'll just allow it to, let, to slip away. No, guard it with all of your heart. Guard, guard it with all of your mind. Guard it, guard it with everything that's within you. Because that is the life spring within us. It's the spring of life within us. We need to guard it. Guard those things. Whatever it takes... Whatever the attack of the enemy, guard that precious treasure within you. If you would, if you would turn. If you would, turn with me to Proverbs. Chapter 3. In verse 1, it says this. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. You know, Proverbs is a book that, that has a lot of awesome things in there. A lot of awesome truths and things about wisdom and knowledge and different things. This has come from a man that, that was one of the wisest men that ever lived. King Solomon. He had something to be able to, to stand on because of how wise he was, that he was able to put these things, pen these things down, these truths, because of his, his very heart, what his heart was longing after, and the very things that Solomon knew and, and received from God. And that was a, 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 an assurance, a foundation, strength, wisdom of who God is, wisdom of, on how to live life. But this is what God is speaking to Solomon. Solomon's penning this down. It says, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Keep. Protect. To protect my commands. How do we protect the commands? Well, if, we're, if it's in our heart, we, need, we have a responsibility to protect from it being uh, stripped away from us. Amen? Go to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. Chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Give ear. Allow yourself to be able to be in a place to hear. Incline. 
heighten the sense of hearing to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Don't let them constantly have the word, my commands, my sayings in front of you so that you can see my word. There's something about learning, about knowing, about getting in a place of being able to hear, being able to see, and having the visual of the word, of his sayings, of the word of God to be able to what? Get into your heart. Amen? Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to all their flesh. How about that? It's even health to your flesh. The word of God is, is so powerful. That it's even health to our flesh. How awesome is that? Is the fact that words that we read from our Heavenly Father, that it's powerful enough that it's healing to this body. Healing to your body. Just the very words. Keep your heart, He says. Keep, protect your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you, you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and let your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Think about the path of your feet. Think about the ways that you're walking. Think about the, your life and how it's going. And let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. But keep your heart. Protect your heart. Is that this thing inside of my chest that causes circulation to flow through my veins? No, it's talking about keep this heart, the very core of who I am, my spirit being, my spirit man, with all diligence. Protect it. Protect it. Because out of springs wells of life. Springs wells of life. It's life giving. If I allow the words, the sayings of the word of God to permeate, to get into my spirit man. By having a hearing ear, and when I'm allowing the Word of God to come before me in front of my eyes, that I can hear what's being said in these words. So it can permeate, penetrate into my heart. So a well of life can spring up within me. Did you have something? Not yet? <clears throat> Praise God. You know, I was reading this, and uh, this is from a, a man that, he was the chairman and CEO of a, of a famous uh, 
Christian book company uh, that basically printed and uh, did a bunch of things in the Christian book realm. Uh, he wrote this, and it's, we don't guard worthless things. He, he put this something in perspective concerning this about guarding our hearts. And he used an analogy, and that was simply this, that when I go to Monday nights, we put our trash by the curb. We put it out by the curb, and it sits overnight, and Tuesday they pick up the trash. The township, the borough picks up the trash. But when I put the trash out by the curb, do I have any uh, concern about what happens to that trash? It's worthless. It's worthless. It's things that that just rot away. It's things that are, have no value. It's just, it, it's, it's trash. So I don't have to sit outside and guard that can until the people come to pick it up. There's no value in it. It's trash. It's garbage. So we put it out, and there's no, no need to sit there and watch it. The only time we might guard or try to you know, get some certain lids and stuff is to keep the raccoons and the other animals from making a mess out in front, right? Or on the side of the house. But there's no value to it. There's no value at all. But not so with our heart. It's the essence of who we are. It is your uh, authentic self, the core of our being. It is where all of our dreams, our desires, and our passions live. It is the part of you that connects with God and other people. That's our hearts. That's what drives us on. That's what gives us purpose. That's what gives us motivation to do things, to live our life. We see King Solomon says it, it is the wellspring of life. In other words, it's the very source of everything else in your life. Your heart, it overflows into thoughts. It overflows into words. It overflows into actions. The most valuable thing that you have are the treasures within. And you need to guard it with all of your heart. Guard it with everything that's within you. A lot of times when storms come, a lot of times when things are happening around us, it's hard. It's hard to focus and to stay uh, steadfast in, in the confession of our faith and, and you know, claiming, proclaiming the word of God on our own behalf, claiming the things of the promises well, Philippians 4, 7 tells us this, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. That means when we're guarding the things, the treasure within, we have a helper that's even helping to guard the very treasure within. It gives us peace, that peace that comes, the peace that passes all understanding. We can't figure it out. There's no figuring it out. There's no understanding to how the peace of God works other than 
The peace of God is with us. It passes all understanding. It helps, it guards our hearts and our minds. So when things seem difficult, when it seems tough, and you're doing the best that you can to do with, with, when all you can do is stand, just stand. Allow the peace of God to step in for you. To step in with you, alongside, to help guard your hearts, your minds. Don't allow the enemy to steal your hope, your purpose, your dream. The faith that resides within you. You know, there's a lot of things that are going to try to dictate and try to, you know, make things, uh, make light of things in the Christian walk and make things like seem, you know, so like, uh, you know, unworthy and maybe even talking about the enemy's going to speak in ways to try to discredit the word of God, to discredit the, the working of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Don't allow the truth of the word, even those precious things of the Holy Spirit, to be stripped away. The enemy's going to use all kinds of voices, may use family members, may use friends, and even, of course, joking around about different things. But don't allow anybody or anything to strip away the reverence, the honor, the precious uh, working of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God on the inside. Again, I find it so amazing that they're guarding tombs of people that they don't even know. There's no names. But they're guarding it with all their heart, with their lives, willing to sacrifice themselves because of the honor, the respect, the value that has been placed because these men given everything up for our country. How valuable are the treasures within you? Praise God. Um, when we were reading Proverbs 4, um, I, I find it really interesting that where we're told to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. That scripture tells me that if I guard my heart, that the issues that I have to deal with are kind of up to me. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flow the issues of life. In other words, I can make more issues for myself in life if my heart's not right. Does that make sense? Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. If I have trouble in my own heart, and I'm, I have attitudes or I have... Um, positions that I've taken, whether it's anger or bitterness or resentment and all those things, then out of those things are going to flow some issues. Am I right? Okay. If I have anger and bitterness and resentment and, and hard things towards others, 
I'm going to automatically have issues with those people. Follow me? Okay. So how my heart is positioned is going to determine the issues that I have to deal with. Now, I'm not talking about issues like, you know, there's a tornado or something. It's like, that's out of your control. Well, actually, it's not out of your control. (laughs) But it's something that has nothing to do with what's inside. Okay? But when we're talking about relational things, we have a lot of say-so in that. Because how, as our heart goes, according to what the word says, as our heart goes, so, so go the issues of life. We, because they're going to flow from what's inside of us. If we're in a place of complete surrender and humility before God, and we're, we're in love and not, you know, resentment or anger or bitterness towards other people, if we've let those things go and we're in forgiveness, then those individuals that might be a little prick in the flesh, they're not going to be an issue because our heart is already right before God. Amen. It only becomes an issue when we have an issue in here. Amen. Because they can be the most annoying person <laughs> to you because we're all annoying to someone. You can be the most annoying person or the, I'm sorry. They could be the most annoying person to you, but yet it doesn't bother you. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because as our heart is guarded, we won't have those issues with people in relationships. If we keep reading, he talks about put away your deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. Don't let your, um, let your eyes look straight ahead. In other words, don't be looking at to things that you shouldn't be. Ponder the path of your feet. Where are you going? Who are you hanging out with? Who do you spend your time with? And let your ways be established. Do not turn your foot to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Okay, so if we're walking in sinful ways, in sinful areas, whether it's our mouth, what we're saying, what we're seeing, where we're going, you know, what activities we're involved in. If those things in our life, life are not right, guess what? Go back up to verse 23. We're not guarding our heart and there's going to be some issues. Amen. Now, it's funny that Tim started picking up on this uh, or started mentioning this because I want to read from Ephesians 6. The armor of God. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. And in the power, this is uh, amplified. And in the power of his boundless might, put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, just like the ones that Tim was talking about. So that you may able to be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil, trying to pull us to the right or to the left and trying to get us to say things that we shouldn't say and look at things and do things that we shouldn't be doing. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, the world forces of this present darkness, against the just lost my spot, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you'll be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the day of danger and having done everything. That the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. Amen? So stand firm and hold your ground. Ready? Having tightened the wide band of truth, your personal integrity and moral courage, 
around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. What does it cover? Your heart. Upright in heart. Why do you think it's called the breastplate of righteousness? Righteousness means right standing with God. If you're not in right standing with God, no breastplate. There's no righteousness. Amen. There's no guard. So why do you think that he says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. And he starts talking about your mouth, your eyes, your feet, what you're doing. There's sin. So if you're, if, if we are walking in sin, living in sin, you've already moved that breastplate of righteousness and you've left your heart unguarded. Amen. Because a heart that is guarded is covered with righteousness. Now we have the blood of Jesus. Absolutely. And we have repentance, but if you're walking in sin that you haven't repented of, then you're unguarded. Amen. So guard it with all diligence because out of that heart guarded or not are going to flow the issues of life. And of course, let's continue having strapped on your feet, the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm footed stability. You can know if your heart is guarded and you're walking right with God, you're not fearing anything. You're standing firm. Um, to face a firm footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news of the word of God. Amen. Amen. You've been putting that word of God in you and you're ready. Above all, lift up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Why are you lifting up faith? Because the word of God's in you. Righteousness is covering you and you are in faith. You know that nothing's going to take you down. Amen. Amen. Because you've got the word of God. You're ready. If the enemy comes at you, you're ready to just put him in his place. He's not going to tempt you. You're going to say it is written. Get out of my face. Amen. And you're guarded. Your heart is guarded. There's no sin in the way you have your, your, you can hear from God. You know, you're standing in righteousness with him. That if you ask anything in his name, he'll do it. You have the confidence. See, because when you're, if you know that you're not righteous, you're not going to have the confidence to ask him because you're going to be thinking, oh, he might not say yes. (laughs) Right. How about it? Do you ever have kind of an issue with your parents? You really wanted something from them. You wanted them to give you permission for something, but there's sort of something that you did that kind of put you at outs with them. You're thinking, mm, if I ask them for the car or if I asked to go on that trip, you might say no because of that thing I did. Right. You got a situation, but, but if, but if you know that your relationship is right with him, it's like, why would they, why would have any reason to turn me down? Right. Right. I'm standing in righteousness, righteousness. We got a good relationship going on. And he says, I can ask anything in his name and it'll be done. So you're going with confidence and you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. There it is again, the good news, the word of God over and over and over. The word of God is so important. And Tim's been talking about this. The word of God must be in our heart. But we also must be guarded with righteousness. Amen. Because if you want the word to flow out in those situations, we have to make sure that we're living in righteousness. Amen. Because a person, like I said, if you're in sin, you don't have the confidence to go against the enemy. Because you're you're like, "Mm, see, I'm still not, you know, I'm not where I should be. 
maybe maybe those maybe those demons won't listen to me because they know that I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not all there. Right? There were some people who tried to, in the Bible, they tried to cast out demons, and the demons said, who are you? We don't know who you are. Right? Because in the, in those, in the demons' eyes, they, they were obviously not right with God. Because if they were, then they would have seen Christ. They would have seen the power of God, and they would have said, oh, they're using the name. They're standing in righteousness. They're standing in faith. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I think so. Okay. <clears throat> One thing that I, I, I'm just uh, seeing and I'm taking note of is this, is that um, I'm going to read through this again one more time. Ephesians six 14. I'm going to start. Nope. Sorry. I'm going to start back here. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers and darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith that uh, which with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Now, <clears throat> I, I know that we all know that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Amen. Part of, uh, of all these things, all these particles or the, are these articles of the, the armor is the word of God. So every part of the armor that we have is the word of God. You know, we put commas, we put, there's punctuations put into, the, into these uh, verses to try to help break the, the thought up or the things up in the original word of God. So when things are translated, punctuations, commas, periods, and things are put in. But all these things that we've just read are the word of God. Amen? What's the purpose of that? The purpose of that is if we don't have the word in our hearts, we don't understand the, the importance of the helmet of salvation, the, our feet being shod with the preparation of peace and, you know, all, all the other necessities. We, we like the shield. We like the sword. But we need to understand the purposes and the, 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 the meaning behind all the things, all the articles that we should be pre- prepared with to guard, to fight against the enemy. Amen? So what is the purpose that God is speaking to us today? It's for the very treasure, the very things that God has put in your heart that's placed in you, that you allow the Word of God to to, to put into this treasure box to protect protect it with everything that's within you. Don't allow the enemy to steal that treasure that's within you. Amen? Allow that treasure to, box to be full and filled continually. 
to continually fill it so that there can't be a lid that can contain the treasures on the inside. So that the treasures are openly seen. So that the treasures are openly demonstrated of how glorious the things that are within are. So that the glory of God can be revealed. So that the gospel of Jesus Christ can be seen, can be heard. So it's an open treasure. It's not one buried in a ground. It's an open treasure. That's alive. That's active. That's powerful enough to heal the very flesh on our bones. It's power enough to heal other people's flesh, their bodies. It's power enough to save somebody's soul. It's power enough to save our souls from the pit of hell. That's the treasure within us. Don't let it be stolen. Don't let it be given away. Don't give it away. I'm saying don't allow that treasure just to be tossed outside of you. How do you give it away? By living a life that's not worthy. Living a life that's not worthy of of the gospel of Jesus. Living a a life that's not worthy of being called a son, a daughter. That's giving the treasure away. That's not the giving away that we want. We want that treasure to be full on the inside so that people can receive that treasure. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? But allow that treasure to be protected. That means there's a responsibility you and I have in protecting it. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, for speaking to our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that you, you have a purpose and a plan with us. That you give us a purpose. That you give us a plan to live our lives. That you give us direction to be able to, to walk our lives out. That there's a, a, a light in front of our path. That you're guiding us and directing our very lives. And along the path, Lord God, we ask you that you would help us to see the, the attacks of the enemy coming. That we'd be able to see the signs of the enemy in the, in the area. As we're walking the path that you, that you designed for us, that, Lord God, that you would help us guard our hearts, guard the treasures within us. That, Lord God, that as we're living our life every single day, that we won't allow words from people, words from family members, from friends, from the media, from the, what's on TV or the radio. We won't allow anything to penetrate, to try to steal or to take the treasure within us. But, God, we will hold fast to your word. We'll hold fast to the, the truths of your word. Hold fast, Lord God, to, to everything that you're speaking to us in your word. And in, in the past, what we've read, Lord God, we ask you that you would bring it back to remembrance. That, Lord God, that we would know exactly where, what it is that you've spoken to us in the past. That we'd be reminded of it, God, that we would have even a greater purpose, a greater uh, desire to follow after you, Lord God. That our faith won't be wavered, won't be shaken. God, we ask you that you would help us to guard 
our hearts, Lord God, that we would live our lives honorable to you, honorable as sons, as daughters of the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor with our very lives. Lord, with everything we say, everything that we do, that your treasure would be seen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to um, receive the, the giving the tithe and offering. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, announcements are actually, they, they're out on the outside table. Can we grab one? Real quick, Mike. Every, as you're you're leaving today, if you could grab one, they're on the outside table um, in the foyer. But Mike, yeah, if you could grab one, bring one up real quick. Thank you. Lisa asked about prayer coming up, uh, the fasting and prayer, the first three days of the full week of the month, which technically is this week, right? Yep. Yes. So um, that begins tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, the 6th, 7th, and 8th of this week. Because last week was half February and half March, right? So this is the first full week of March. So yes, there was prayer and fasting 7 to 8, roughly. Um, three nights. We, yeah. Encourage you to be here as much as you can. Because when we, you, you know that when we unite in prayer together, that there is an awesome and powerful impact for each one of us individually, but also corporately. And the word of God tells us to pray without ceasing. Amen. We're, we're, prayer is a command of the Lord, not just on your own, but in the corporate setting. So come and be a part because God, God needs you. We need you. The body of Christ needs you. God works through the prayers of, of his people. So um, be here. Show up, suit up. Right? Um, I just wanted to say one thing about the word. Um, if you haven't been in the word very much, either because you don't know where to start or because you feel like you're just too busy and you have no time for it, um, or maybe you open up the word of God and you just feel like you just, you can't understand anything and, and it doesn't make sense to you. And, you know, and you just, you, you either maybe, maybe it makes you sleepy, you know, and you don't know where to, um, where to read. Everyone probably needs a devotional to start because a devotional helps you with um, small small bits of scripture, a focus. There might be a few scriptures if that's where you're starting. Um, you can find a, a great devotional and start there, little bits every morning, every night. Um, and then, you know, pray. Pray and ask God, where, where should I, you know, where do you want me to read? The epistles, which is the... Books that were written to the church, they're a wonderful place to start. If you want to, if you want to start at the very beginning of the New Testament and start reading about the um, genealogy of Jesus, if it doesn't bore you, <laughs> because it's a lot of names, right? But if you want to find a place to start, okay, you start in Genesis. If you want to start in Genesis, start from where God began creating everything and, and see how he built it all and who, um, you know, the, some of the things, maybe you heard them as a child, you know, the Bible stories, but read them for yourself. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter whether you start in Genesis or John or, you know, wherever you want to start Ephesians, but, but start, 
Okay. That's, that's really the goal. Spend time in his word every day. If you want to start in the, in the Psalms, which David is just praising God. And then sometimes he's complaining to God and then he starts praising God again. Start somewhere. The the Proverbs offers all kinds of words of wisdom and little nuggets. Okay. The, The point is to get in the word. And whether you do it through the direction of like a daily devotional or you just open your, the, the, the word of God and you say, Lord, show me where I should read. Have a starting point and then continue each and every day. Spend you know, time with him. Uh, you're, you're saying that we had um, on Thursday night, one of, the, uh, one of the teenagers had mentioned that, uh, you know, they, they're doing devotions, but they just feel like that there's, there's something more like they 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 need more than just the devotions and uh, you know a lot of times we'll find that we may have a devotion and that's where we need to start mm-hmm. and then we feel like that there's something more there's something a little bit more that we need to get deeper into the word of god and i believe that when we're in that place when we're wanting more when we're hungering for more but we don't know what to do at that place prayer is an awesome place to be because when we're praying, God will just begin to speak again, the hearing ear to be able to hear his sayings, allow him to speak to you and he'll guide and he'll direct you and he'll guide and he'll speak to you. And even, uh, even with those things and those areas of our personal life and personal devotions. Amen. And, And simply saying, Lord, Help me to understand this. Open my mind that in my heart that I can understand what you're saying to me. Speak to me through your word. And, and if there are specific issues that you're dealing with, ask him. Say, Lord, what does your word say about, you know, this or that? Use other tools, too. Your, a lot of Bibles have um, kind of like directories in the back where you can look up key words and different things like that. Use helpful study guides. If you're, if you really want to know everything there is to know about the peace of God, well, most Bibles have a place where you can look up peace of God or just peace and it'll give you a whole list of scriptures and you can look them all up. The Lord actually sent me on a, a, um, a mission one time. Um, I think it was a single word. I want, I think the word was path. I think it was path. Um, and I really felt impressed. I was supposed to look up every, every scripture that had anything to do with the, the path of God or, or the path of life, um, and where he's leading. Of course, there's other, um, synonyms for path, but, and the Bible will list them all. And I went over scripture after scripture, after scripture, after scripture, and God just taught me through, through that. And, and, um, it wasn't something I, you know, necessarily chose or thought of on my own. And I'm thinking to him the whole time, like, why, why are we doing this? Like, why do you want me to do this? But it was a journey that he sent me on and it was wonderful. And sometimes it starts like that with just a a simple word or one scripture. And then from there and your Bible, a lot of Bibles also will have, um, other little, um, under, under one scripture, you'll see like a note and it'll give you other scriptures. It'll, it'll give you the scripture, the chapter and verse for other scriptures that are similar look them up. If, if, you know, if God gives you one scripture on whatever, um, Philippians four, seven, look up the little side note scriptures that are written in there too. read the definitions that it gives you. Just dive into it more. And as you do, God's just going to open those things up to you more and more and more.
become a student of the word. You know, when we have those uh, those places where we feel like that lull, like we're not sure what to do, we're not sure where to go, or how to even go deeper, how hungry are you? Right. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. How hungry are you? Are you, are you going to talk about reading the word of God or, you know, not knowing what to do? Or are you just going to dive in, get into the word of God? Are you that, are you truly that hungry? And sometimes that's what it takes. It takes you to get into a place of being so hungry for the word of God or hungry for, you know, for, for God's presence or whatever it may be that you just need to break down, stop the excuses and do it. Get into the word. Sometimes it takes that hunger just to just push, push it. Because we all know that when we're dealing with natural hunger, when you're really, really, really hungry, you're not that picky about what someone puts in front of you that you put in your mouth. Most of us, if you're really, really, really starving, you'll eat just about anything. Right? Almost. Almost. Okay. But you're not going to be like, nope, I can't, I'm not going to eat that because that's not, it's not exactly what I want. No, if you're hungry, you're pretty much going to eat. I'll eat any <laughs> good old American food. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? When you're really hungry, gosh, there are kids in, in uh, foreign countries who do not have food. They, they are so hungry that they'll eat dirt just to get rid of that, the pain in their yeah. stomach. That's hunger. I can't imagine eating dirt. I mean, I might have eaten mud as a child, but probably not on purpose. I'm just, I'm just saying. Should that be something that you warned me about? Disclosed to you? I (laughs) ate mud. Yeah, I made mud. I made all kinds of mud food. Didn't eat most of it, but I might have tasted it. Um, It's minerals, and it's, it's not bad. Plants grow in mud. Anyway, I'm just saying. If your hunger, what does the word say? A man's hunger drives him on. Amen. Proverbs what? Sixteen twenty six. Either sixteen or twenty six <laughs> or twenty six sixteen. I keep. All right, but your hunger that. drives you on. So if you're hungry for God and the things He has for you, and you're like, you know what, God, I just don't understand this about you, then open the Word of God and say, Lord, show me. I'm diving yeah. in. I'm digging deep. What are you going to, un- you know, unfold for me? And come with a hungry expectancy. You're going to eat. You're going to be fed. He does call it the bread of life. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Amen.